Hello and welcome to episode 126 of the Six Month Indie Cast. My name is Mike Talandro. Tonight I am joined by the illustrious Kyle Stevenson. Hi. Sleepy Sailor Matthew Wright. Hello. And low boy Austin Ernst. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> me. How we doing, gang? Doing we're on. We're on one today. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. We're family. Yeah. The most I can say Oops. is we are existing. Period. <laughs> That's it. It's all I got. We are, like it feels like it's the end. It feels like we're approaching the holiday season again. You know, like I. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel awful. <laughs> but i think it's just because like showcase stuff and like we like we just got over like a major hurdle not hurdle a major milestone with the um showcase and like it's a nice Mm -hmm. sigh of relief but like now like the work begins (laughs) so yeah it's a i'm a sleepy boy yeah low energy low energy thursday today Mm-hmm. Yo, it's episode 126 and it's January 26 right now. Wow. Hey. It's, whoa, whoa, it's 126. Yeah. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> That's wild. End the episode. Thank you for watching. That's it. So you're Good saying life. we have to continue to do episodes every day for the rest of the month? Yes. Just to keep up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> we're accelerating our PAX East coverage. Sweet. Okay. Cool. Da- yeah. We're currently, yeah, we're going to be doing our daily podcast for the next couple of days. Uh, so this episode has to be. An hour and twenty six minutes long. Oh, boy. oh okay. <laughs> or like two hours like and six minutes. I feel like that's doable, honestly. It probably is yeah. if we keep this up. But anyways, ramble. speaking of podcasting, tonight we're gonna talk about uh what PlayStation and Xbox can do to improve their approach to spotlighting indie games. But first, let me remind you that you are listening to the 6-1 IndieCast, a weekly video game podcast highlighting the indie gaming scene and smaller games outside of the AAA space. Tune in live every Thursday night here on youtube.com slash 6-1-Indie at 8 p.m. Eastern or catch the episodes live as they drop on all major podcast feeds and YouTube first thing Monday morning. If you're hungry for a little more, you can support us over on patreon.com slash 6-1-Indie to snag some extra goodies such as clocked out, the IndieCast post-show. But if money is too tight, no worries. You can still support in so many ways. Leave a review. Follow at 61Indie on socials. Subscribe here on YouTube.com slash 61Indie and tell your friends all about us. Shout out to the PD fans supporting on Patreon.com slash 61Indie. Alec Bobco, Kobe Cortis, Jessica Sanchez, Nicole Humphrey, and Cole AKA the good sir. A little bit of housekeeping. As I mentioned last week, housekeeping is going to be the same through March 22nd because March 22nd is the 2023 mini indie showcase. Uh, myself, Kyle, and Matt finalized the lineup last night, the other night. The other, the other night. We had oh, close boy. to 500 submissions. Close to 500, 500 submissions. We. Narrowed it down to a particular number that we will tell you about later. Yeah. But that is not 500. It's not 500. I assure you it's not 500. <laughs> it's a week-long event. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time. It's going to be good. Uh, and then immediately after the Mini Indie Showcase on March 22nd, we'll be in Boston for Pawk's 
pox. Oh, we all stay for pox. What the <laughs> hell? Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, what happened the there? <laughs> I think I was trying to do a Boston accent and just pox come out, pox. came out. It's pox. like an alternate multiverse version of you popped in for a second. Uh, Jesus Christ. Hey, break, breaking breaking news for potentially uh, after the podcast. Golden Eye is out. Um, anyways, yeah, PAX East will we'll be there. Uh, and then just a PSA for uh, February 6th. Next Fest is happening. Steam Next Fest is happening. Whole bunch of indies are going to be dropping a bunch of demos. Go check them out. Next Fest is a huge deal for indie devs and indie studios. Uh, if you see anything cool, especially leading, especially this week, if you see anything cool, wishlist them. It's funny enough, pre-Next Fest wishlisting is the best way to support your favorite game, uh, your favorite upcoming game or most anticipated game. Uh, and yeah, play a bunch of demos. We're going to do, we'll probably do a Next Fest breakdown that week during Next Fest um, just to talk about what we've been playing and what we checked out. With all that being said, let's chat about PlayStation and Xbox and how they handle indie showcases and directs and spotlights and so forth. Uh, did you guys catch the Xbox uh, and Bethesda developer direct yesterday? No. Yes. I I didn't watch it in in, in 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 its entirety, but I caught most of it and then bits and pieces mm-hmm. of what I missed. So nice. Um, you know, not there was nothing indie related during that, but watching that, what really stood out to me, the, this is what triggered the the topic in mind. Um, what really stood out to me was the format of the show. I thought, as I drop a pen, I'm gonna grab a, a second pen now. Uh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What really stood out was the format and how uh, they laid out the show. Um, so, Kyle, you said you you caught it. Yep. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that format? Oh, I I think they did the thing that a lot of people usually don't like when it comes to uh, watching a video game showcase, where they show a trail. Usually, show a trailer, go to the dev, and then the dev talks about it. Then they show. Mm-hmm different parts of the same thing we saw cut up uh, as they're talking over it instead they actually did like a deeper dive of what we were seeing and new things and um really talked about the game they are making instead of just using for the most part like the pr marketing speak that we usually get buzzwords like it's it you could feel especially when i when I saw the um, the Redfall stuff, right? Like I could feel Arcade's passion for this game, and they're super excited for everyone to finally play it. Um, same thing for Tango unveiling their brand new game the day of. Like it's wild. I, I want more of that, please. <laughs> but yeah, as far as like a a format, I loved it. Yeah, and what's wild? So like a little bit of background if, if like this is your one of your first episodes and you're not familiar with our uh history with this kind of topic uh kyle and myself are uh, infamous for critiquing the way uh xbox and playstation typically handle their indie presentations so staying on the xbox side they once in a while they do an idn xbox showcase oh boy do they <laughs> the problem with the idn xbox showcases is usually they're about two to three hours long 
And within that two to three hours, maybe they'll show off five or six games. Yeah. It's really rough. And it's not to discredit the games themselves. It's not to discredit the hosts. It's not to discredit the people involved. It's just if you're asking people to check out a, a suite of indie games and you are just presenting this long, drawn out package. Unless you are folks like us who are really into this stuff and like really mm -hmm. want to hear about the games and are really like invested in seeing new things, you are going to lose folks after 25 minutes, especially if you're still on game number one in 25 mm -hmm. minutes. Um, and it's not even that. Like sometimes they also, they, it seems like they don't give the hosts a heads up about what's coming. Like maybe they'll know about the game, but they don't know what the context is. Mm hmm. And they're just vamping on the fly. Like it's just it's, it's vamping and it's the questions where they are asking that buzzword type right. questions. Yes. It's all it is. It's it's not it's not like a real and I understand those have its purpose, but like I want more out of it. Yeah, and it feels like there are times where it is just vamping for maybe like 25, 30 minutes until they show the next game and until they start like actually introducing trailers, like they show a two minute trailer and then get back into the cycle. So on the Xbox side of things, like if you give me a tight showcase with five to six games in the format that we saw yesterday in a quick 45 minutes. Oh my God. That'd be incredible. Just do, do we that. think, do we think the shadow dropping hi-fi rush works the same as it would for a no, not, not a nobody, but like an out sure. of nowhere indie. Because I feel like that, I feel like mm. those things aren't exactly a one to one. With the power of Xbox, which sounds like a marketing thing, yeah. uh, with the power of a first party, I think it works. I think you do cool. get more folks watching and um, more folks more inclined to support the ecosystem. And there's the whole thing with shadow drops. Like shadow drops are a risk. Like if you're just shadow dropping out of the blue, sure, you are possibly putting yourself in the corner. Um, you know, who knows? Like, let's say, I don't know um, what's coming out this week. Um, let's say Deliver Us, Deliver Us Mars came out and shadow dropped when the Dead Space uh, embargo lifted this mm. morning. Let's say 1045 a.m. Deliver Us for Mars available now. Awesome. 11 o'clock Dead Space embargo lifts. You just sucked all the room out of the air because everybody's just talking about dead space so in that sense we're like it's somebody shadow dropping independently yeah bad idea i would say unless like you are working with like a pr firm and you set up like an embargo behind the scenes and like right. media are already lined up to like line up with your embargo like then it could work like you'll break through a little bit more um i think it's i think it's a really good point i just i think i it was important that we stress that fact because like if we I have a, an, yeah. an indie showcase with the with the power of xbox you know the power of xbox um, I, I do think that's players. different, but I do I don't think shadow drops work for indies in particular, just because uh, I, I don't know. You don't, the the power of Xbox is almost like the power of Tango GameWorks. Like um, it's the it fan is, base. It, it, is, already it, is game, it is GameWorks, right? Tango GameWorks. Am I saying Tango that right? GameWorks, yeah, yeah. Okay, it just sounds weird. Um, but yeah, like they they have a portfolio of games that like they weren't for me, but I was always intrigued. And this was another game. Where I'm like, this probably isn't for me, but I'm intrigued. And then I tried it and I'm kind of in love with it right now. We can get into that later if we want to. Yeah. Um, yeah we'll get to it later. <laughs> but, but yeah. And I think the, cause we were getting into like the marketing speak and I think the developer direct 
to me felt like that exact format for like E3, but instead of directed towards shareholders or potential shareholders, shareholders, it was more focused on players and and people already in the ecosystem of playing said games of that yeah. of that ilk rather than like you're not gonna have the buzzwords like like we already already brought up and i i like that format i don't think it didn't blow me away but i think the reason it blow me away is because of the games themselves i don't think the mm-hmm, format sure. was was at fault for that i i enjoyed the format overall yeah it, it really felt like you know i think usually one of our favorite showcases whenever like it is like showcase season or whatever is day of the devs which this felt like a more for a lack of a better term, a more corporate day of the devs where mm-hmm. yes, you had the like very like genuine and authentic developer commentary, but as opposed to what EA does, for example, like EA tells and does not show yeah. <laughs> at all. And it, every time I watch an EA thing, it drives me fucking up the wall. <laughs> um, but here, like let's say the Redfall thing, for example, like we got substantial gameplay of Redfall mm-hmm. and we got really insightful commentary every step of the way. And we typically get that with, we see it in uh Nintendo Indie world. Sometimes we see it in like day of the devs where we will get a snippet of the developers. They'll introduce themselves, they'll introduce the games. And then like, now that we have that context, we see the fruits of their labor and it, it's a really powerful and impactful uh, one, two punch. Um, and again, being the corpo kind of format that this, uh, developer direct was i keep forgetting like the name of it um developer underscore direct thank yeah. you sure much. thank you uh, my apologies <laughs> the xbox and bethesda developer underscore direct um <laughs> they just literally gave devolver their blueprint for this year's e3 show i, I know i know <laughs> uh what was i saying oh uh yeah with, with like the the higher production the bigger budget yada yada um it was nice to see them uh have the breathing room and the ability to only highlight five games. I think there are times where less is more mm-hmm. to, to give a critique about another indie showcase uh, folks that I fucking adore and look up to. And like, really like I, the mini indie showcase wouldn't exist without these folks. Uh, the mix showcases, the, the media indie exchange, fantastic shows with like so many killer games. And I love Justin death His charisma and passion is unmatched, but those shows are like, two hours long and do show off like 90 games at a time which Multiple is great days too yeah well even sometimes it is one day mm-hmm. um but yeah if xbox could do like select five stellar looking idea at xbox games that like xbox really believes in like imagine like i don't know i'm trying to think of xbox backed indies recently like tunic nobody saves the world um I don't know, a few others, but like okay. imagine this kind of format with yeah, Cuphead, like and just showing off like new information and new gameplay in this like breathable, well paced kind of thing. And I, I think it they fucking nail it. It would be incredible. Granted, with this budget sh- and production, you can't do it often because it is a lot of money. I'm sure like, you know, they, they give more of a budget to their their first parties. But if the, you go the day of the devs route, like have a developer just talking to a webcam about their game. Done. Mm-hmm. You sent the trailer in. Cool. I also think it's not that it's not meaningful getting the devs talking about um, their game here, but I feel like getting the devs input when they're being when they are an independent dev just means a little bit more 
like yeah. for getting their word into their in, into their like showcase of sh- showcasing their own title like i, mm-hmm. I don't want to say like seeing tango gameworks people talk about their game and the passion they had making it wasn't wasn't worth it i'm not saying that but like there's something there's something special about getting us like a s- small team of like six people in a room and they made an entire game by themselves and they're talking about it and they're gushing about it and like the hardships they went yeah there's something special about that at least as for, opposed to, to me, like that a, way. a, a, a Oh dang it! Um, a department lead talking about yeah. a game where you know, again, not, not that they don't on something. Yeah, not that they don't warrant to like have that passion for their project. It's just there's something, something special about when it's independent like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's like always like um, I, I always think back to last year uh, at the May Indie World presentation. I think it was May, uh, where um, Agro Crab showed off another Crab's treasure. Uh, and then immediately after, or like sometime, maybe like the next day or whatever, they published, they tweeted out their reaction of seeing their fucking like massive project, like the biggest project they've ever worked on being revealed to the masses on a Nintendo showcase and like just screaming and celebrating and just like near crying and like, yeah, like again like a uh, super insightful hearing like a producer of redfall like talk about like the processes and like what's going into the game and the inspirations um but it is very much like they wrote a script and like the script was approved by legal and the pr department and like not to say like it's not worth anything but like right. it does lose a little bit of that like authenticity to some extent like it's still their yeah. words i'm sure but like I think you know, a good yeah, example yeah. from that direct was the uh, the Mojang, the Minecraft yeah. Legends, because they had a ton of of devs on there talk about it, and they're talking about their favorite things to do in the game, and you can tell they just absolutely adore what yeah. they are working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, credit to the devs for like being able to nail that delivery. Also, like, because again, I'm sure the script went through like revisions and revisions, and across multiple lawyers as desks um so being able to like still genuinely like portray like their emotion like that um even if like they had to do the takes over and over again um it is cool so yeah again not to discredit like what also was saying so that's a great point to bring up mm-hmm. so yeah i'm just i'm just laughing to myself about pox Oh, I'm shocked nobody reacted this is maybe a few minutes ago mike uh, attempted to say take all the air out of the room and he said take the room out of the air did that i was the only one that like, caught it <laughs> That's how tired we are. Yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah it's just just take the room out of the air I'm like what <laughs> awesome. fuck <laughs> well yeah on the xbox side if i was papa spencer um and i'm blanking on the idea xbox a guy's name chris something uh sorry chris uh <laughs> i would follow this format for id at xbox going forward like even if it is smaller scale things like five games at a time even if it's like a quick like a quarterly thing five games at a time because id at xbox is busy um yeah it'll be cool to see uh kyle just, just, just oh prepare yeah. prepare your people because that's the biggest problem yeah. with id at xbox because it feels like they just told people like here's a good list of games coming out they don't know anything about those games because so it seems like they want to do it as a live react like they want the reaction to be a live react from the host which is not it, it, it like, doesn't work though it doesn't the work doesn't know anything about that game the developer they just they're blindsided and they don't know what to ask yeah a live react only works from the other side of the screen 
where like we are receiving the information from the hosts so we can react to said mm -hmm. information like we can't react to your reactions because you're only or, watching something to live react to something you care about yeah something you know about so if, yeah. if you're if you're giving somebody to live react to something that they know absolutely nothing about it just yeah they, they need the, to be better prepared i think the difference there is you can live react to that but it won't it won't mean anything like yeah, it, right. it, it, if you need that second level of information for those live reactions to actually have meaning and there were moments um i i forgot what games there were i forgot who this instant instance was i remember it was the first time matt and i sat down and did a like this is like the first idea at xbox showcase and matt and i sat down um and live reacted to it on twitch i think this was before we were six one indie um and there was a game that was shown and one of the people hosting like it seemed like they weren't into it and they they were like really forcing what to say like yeah. they, they just trying to come up with something to fill fill the gap yeah, it, like, it was almost like they were just looking at a sheet and like asking the question, but not actually like looking at the camera or like it was it wasn't face to face. But yeah. you could tell like they weren't giving their attention. Right. Yeah. Whereas and, if they were if they were prepared, they would have had at least something to say mm -hmm. about that game, even if they're not feeling it, because not, not every game is going to be for everyone like that. Oh, of course not. Yeah. That's to be expected. But but yeah, if they were better prepared then they could have at least, um, you know, I don't want to say did their job better, but they would would have had the resources to do that better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it takes time to like acclimate yourself to the game and like do your proper research and mm -hmm. really become familiar with the systems and what the vision is, what the message the developers want to portray is. Like, like we'll talk about it later because we got a question about it. But like that's why with like the our showcase, we our deadline is uh, about two weeks before we start shooting um thankfully our partners are like super great like we already have like all the assets and trailers from multiple games that allows us to like prepare a proper script and like we are going to like once we have a script a first draft of a script down we're going to share that with the partners to make sure like we are portraying and like we are representing the game we i want to make sure that like we are representing the game properly mm -hmm. um and yeah like if you're on a big ass show that's like co-sponsored co by twitch it seems like every time um and you say the wrong thing about a developer and their vision like a it could ruin the game like it, it could ruin like any of the marketing beats and like because you know like the first step is the biggest step if you come out tripping it's hard to recover especially for an indie um you know especially like let's say for indies coming out in february and march when you're competing with hogwarts resi star wars like dead space yakuza like if you trip that's it like a dragon is that why is that why you're looking around matt sorry like a dragon no, I, 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 is, is there a yakuza game dropping soon there's yeah. two there's two two right yeah well, yeah I think so. in development then, but uh, we don't have a date for them yet right no one like of them is in february Asians in february yeah, Asians in february. <laughs> <laughs> okay Asian. yeah sorry i okay yeah yeah, and the other one I think is later this I year. Do, or not I do the think DLC and um, Like a Dragon Two. Yeah, I sorry. do think Eastern is kind of kind of like a spinoff, right? It, it is. Um, it's like the old one. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a remake of uh, they did two uh, like Edo period uh, games right. that never made yeah. it to the West. Sorry, off track. Okay. Yep, it's fine. <laughs> um, now on the other side of things, Kyle, can you explain our favorite thing about PlayStation? That we love to harp on every time it happens. 
and uh, we try to yell at Shuhei from from the screens. <laughs> so here's here's the deal, PlayStation. I personally think you've done a pretty decent job in the past couple of years when it comes to video presentations. When the first PlayStation showcase was unveiled with all the games you're going to be playing on PS5, almost half of those games were indie games, and that was awesome. We saw Bug Snacks there. We saw... Um, why well, am I blinking at the moment? Stray, thank you. Pedestrian. Uh, yeah, pedestrian. Yeah, a bunch if of things I, there. Yeah. Um, and it, we've even had like indie focused state of plays where Little Devil Inside had a huge blowout. Um, so or you've done a great thing? job with that. But for some reason, somebody got in your ear and you were like, you know what? Let's forget about these video presentations where people can actually see a game in motion. And it's exciting to watch and learn about a new game. And let's just do, I don't know, a tweet every 10 minutes about a new Mm. indie game. Or, hey, here's a blog post with some indies that are coming out. And to me, that is not the best way to learn about indie games. I feel like you got to see the game in motion. You can read about it, which is fantastic. uh, But most of the time... Like when you come to our site for reviews or previews, we're going to have screenshots attached to it. The blog is maybe the title key art and then a little paragraph of what the game is. If that, um, I desperately want them to go back to doing actual video presentations because the, the tweets are good and all they're great. The, they'll, you know, they'll hype me up because we're glued in on that, but. Are you telling me like, not everybody reads the PlayStation blog? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, absolutely not. But wow. if I feel like more people would be would be more excited and will tune in if it's a visual thing. I agree. I, yeah. I also I also agree. I do think I, I do think it's important that they're trying to showcase them in like their own thing in that mm-hmm. style. But yes, it's it, it feels like a half step. If yeah. that. Yeah. There was a critical detail that you missed. <gasps> These tweets, they happen at what? Eight o'clock Eastern oh, in the morning? Yeah, yeah. So they're <laughs> happening during rush hour on the East Coast and while the West Coast is asleep yeah. and while Japan is probably having dinner. Right? 12 hours? Is, am I doing that time zone thing right? I don't know. I think so. I think that's right. <laughs> but yeah, like at the worst possible fucking time also where you are just going to bury everything. And God forbid, again, going back to the embargo thing, God forbid the dead space embargo lifts at 11 o'clock and every media outlet is tweeting about how incredible dead space is, how incredible this new AAA game is that you absolutely need to play this week. Nobody's going to pay attention to that especially when playstation will end up saying like hey get ready isaac clark hits playstation 5 this friday buy now pre-order mm-hmm. and just buries the lead not to mention like i'm sure like if that was the case and i think i've seen this before like on the so after they do the whole thing playstation on the blog does a roundup of like hey here's everything we showed off today which i appreciate obviously but again not everybody reads the playstation blog that's point number one point number two if it is a thing where like the the curtain has been lifted on a triple a game like let's again use dead space for example dead space is going to be the big headline banner for that entire day and the the indies thing the playstation indies brand is going to be like a tiny square and eventually just get lost in the blog roll with that i would like to bring 
in a comment from the good sir himself, Cole. He says, hey, Petey Posse. First off, great coverage on the website. Absolutely loving reading through the reviews of indies to keep my eye on and add to the never-ending backlog. You goddamn welcome, Cole. Secondly, obviously, Sony and Microsoft have been struggling on the indie spotlight front. There are so many good... I, uh, there are so many good indies that come to each platform every week, including many straight to Game Pass, which is a great point to bring uh, for back to the Xbox thing. Fucking use Game Pass. Um, but we hardly hear a peep about them. If it wasn't for your coverage, I honestly don't think I'd know about 80% of the indies out there. Thank you again. How do we fix this? I think the solution is pretty simple, and it's not like Sony has already ripped off this company before with their state of play videos. Just do indie world type of presentation like Nintendo once a quarter. Just hit us with a spotlight of indies coming over those three months. Easy peasy. The PlayStation blog is fine, but honestly, nobody really checks that out. PlayStation. Shoe. You got state of play. Yeah. Copy Nintendo. JCN. JCN. Just copy (laughs) Nintendo. (laughs) <laughs> they've done it before like I, i'm pretty sure we've had an indie state of play once I, I think sometimes it's like they'll show like gran turismo but then yeah like the end cap Everything, is like, oh, yeah, here's yeah. like 15 minutes of uh little devil inside yeah just just once every couple months just here's a bunch of really cool indies that are coming to playstation and here's the or thing the I, I i think it needs to be something separate from state of play because state of play uh, yeah not under now, that banner but same type of thing because you mentioned a state of play, everybody's going to be like, oh, they're going to talk about Spider-Man. They're, they're going to give us the Spider-Man date. Like yeah. They already put themselves mm-hmm. in a corner, like giving state of play the opportunity to share some really fucking dope, awesome news that everybody in, in, in who plays video games is looking forward to. So when you do have a state of play that's showing off Little Devil Inside, Stray, Pedestrian, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. people are just going to rip it apart in the comments so that's why i love when nintendo or how nintendo does it where they split up their main nintendo directs where everybody's freaking out about like the next smash character metroid prime 4 tears of the kingdom versus the indie world presentations where like granted everybody's are screaming about hollow knight but at least they're in the same ballpark i also think it's worth mentioning that like nintendo has the the nindies the nintendo show uh indie showcases which are great and i lo- and i love those i think it's worth mentioning that they will also in their main directs have indies in them as well. Oh, yeah. Like they're, they're not saying, Hey, we had the Nindies thing. Now it's all of our first party or whatever. Like they will also put high profile or even like just yeah. like cool looking low profile Indies in their, like their like major direct, which I mm-hmm. think is like, it's good to not just shoehorn it into that one thing. You can also drop them in it as well. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be segregated. Like yes. it, it, it could, they, they can share like the pool a little bit um mm-hmm. yeah i think a great example of that is um i i think that's like when we first saw, saw sports story i th- think it was that's in was a main direct well. i think um so yeah like playstation like you could save your strays your uh neon whites for a main state of play or even mm-hmm. god forbid a playstation showcase but th- at this point i don't think that's ever going to happen mm-hmm. um and you could have like you have you've established the PlayStation Indies brand. There is a section on the PlayStation Store branded mm-hmm. PlayStation Indies. Like use it. You have the you have all the images. You have some dope artwork. Use it. Shuhei is shouting about Indies all the time on Twitter. That's you. Like Shuhei is such like a fantastic voice, and like uh, hopefully, like it seems like you know. Obviously, things take time to really get that in motion. I, I think like we're hopefully going to start seeing some more things happen like 
I, I think recently like Shu has been like visiting some indie studios and like have been doing like one-on-ones of videos and like, yeah, being a big person when it comes to like just tweeting about indies, which is fantastic. Uh, even like so much of like changing his like cover photo and whatnot yeah. or changing his mm-hmm. name and like really evangelizing like certain games, um, which is fantastic. Um, so hopefully we start seeing more of that as Shu, Shu is like really like making this position his own. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I need to point out and like granted, like we are a part of the problem. Sometimes I personally haven't indulged in a very long time. Um, the PlayStation store is flooded with shovelware and you know again i've indulged i mean of course nintendo have. eShop is too yeah <laughs> nintendo eShop as well yes i would argue Big that issue. was worse <laughs> no, I, it probably is <laughs> later the game hey, what um they with have the playstation so i i'll get there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay i'm just making sure no, no i know um yeah, so usually the way I like every Friday, I'll go to the browse tab on PlayStation Store and I'll sort by release date. Two mm-hmm. things, shit ton of shovelware and the it doesn't properly sort by release date. So like for the past few months, The Longest Road on Earth, which is a, a really cool indie that I, I had spent on my backlog forever. I'll eventually get to it. But like that has been at the top of the list for months and like there, there's a couple sporadic, like even like shovelware titles that have been at the top of the page for months that just won't properly filter through. Um, and now, yes, you there is a proper PlayStation Indie section. I've noticed it doesn't get updated that much. It, like it is a curated collection, but like it doesn't. It's not like it's only including the not shovelware stuff. Like I, I think there needs to. Again, we're like halfway there. I think just that there needs to be. It's more the high profile ones that everyone knows about. Yeah, but like, I I think they need to expand a little. Oh, bit. absolutely. Yeah. And what I was what I was going to add too is, uh, once say maybe a month and a half ago or something, there was a story where they are trying to put an end to all that shovelware, and so it's not yeah, as which is great Again, present in the store. Yeah, which is great. Um. Yeah, if there's a way to just like have all that stuff be in its own separate category for the people who want it and, and not have it just litter and have like, you know, jump, jump one, jump, jump two, jump, jump three, yeah. like just all in a row and they're all a dollar. And listen, I'm the king of the cheap plat. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I've, I've spent way too much money on that stuff, but it is getting a pretty ridiculous and they do need to do a better job of updating that indies tab and making it more of a uh, forefront on the store itself. I think yeah. that'd be, that would do wonders. Yeah. It's just like, a I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you truly put an end to the shovelware? I mean, like granted, like how many games are going through QA every single day. So like, you know, they're not going to totally put an end to it, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, and it's not like you could make uh, it's not it's not like it's a new releases PlayStation Indies shovelware. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, like it's not yeah. like we could do that. They yeah, could, yeah. they could. I mean, Why sure. Not? Why not? I mean, hey, like if fucking lean into like easy yeah. platinums or trophy exactly. hunters. Oh my god, yes, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, as Stingray is saying in our chat right now, yeah, the the indicatory category on the store doesn't have all the indies, which is a bummer. And yeah, I wish there was a way like. I'm sure it is the indies that like 
again it's a curated category and like i think that's great i think like having a curated category that is like uh, a playstation picks selection for like the the indies that they are recognizing like a lot more is great but then you're just it it comes off as playing favorites which sucks Mm -hmm. so like i i doubt like i haven't checked it recently or i haven't checked in this past week like is a space for the unbound in that category i I don't probably not unfortunately so that's kind of where i'm where i'm getting at with with, on the storefront yeah and that that is that is a a a good game to bring up because and well i'll talk about the game itself later but shuhei is listed front and center as in the special thank yous for that game And, and so i would love to have more of those things get more of a prominent place on the storefront yeah because it's it seemed like it's a pretty big deal well by and large bigger issue here is the playstation 5 store sucks i don't mind the playstation 5 it's way better than the ps4 it's way better than the ps4 (laughs) disagree uh i have searched for games that don't even show up on there that are actually in the store you could buy if you could find it but you search it and it doesn't show up no, I don't know. I I, um, I personally haven't had that issue. I, I don't know. Also, the 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 Shuhei, the PlayStation Indies thing. Um, it's a larger issue of you know, Shuhei feel it feels like he's been in, uh been put in the corner. Um, because what we we had, I don't remember when, but that whole talk about how much money or like you have to be an LLC to get your game onto PlayStation now because PlayStation is now is just favoring AAA games. Um, yeah. That's, I think that's a way bigger issue than them half-assing this promotion, you know, just putting it on Twitter. Not everyone uses Twitter. I don't use Twitter anymore. Right. Um, it, it, yeah, it, they, they've put it in a corner. It, like, indies are there, but, like, that's not the moneymaker for them anymore. They're not playing the console wars anymore. In their eyes, they won. And let's just make money at this point. Yeah, there, there's also something else we we brought up or we bring up whenever like we start talking about PlayStation and Indies. But um, what you were alluding to, Matt, like every time we talk to a dev, um, especially when we're working at an event, we ask like, "Hey, um, what? Where's it coming? Like Steam? You coming to consoles? Like, yeah, coming to Steam, Xbox, Switch. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll we'll see about PlayStation. You know, we've heard like off the record that PlayStation does not treat their Indies well, and like. Again, like I, I genuinely, I've met the man before. Like Shu is a very passionate person, and he is genuine with every word that he says, and every game that he's trying to promote. Mm-hmm. Matt, I agree with you that, like, yeah, I think his department is put a little bit in a corner because, yeah, like as big of a hit Stray was, as much as folks loved or everybody loved Neon White, a those are not Sony games, and mm-hmm. B they're not doing God of War Ragnarok numbers. They're not doing Spider-Man numbers. You know, Jim Ryan, you know, this came out a while ago. They're like, yeah, they're, they're doubling down on the triple A's and sure. I get it. Like that's your moneymaker, of course. Um, And obviously there's this whole investment with um, multiplayer now and and live service. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. It feels like there are times where it feels like they, they do just do the, they, they, put the indie stuff out there just to say like, Hey, yeah, we, we do support indies just to have that image a little bit. Um, that's kind of where I appreciate 
Xbox and Nintendo a little more mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the three Titans, because um, it does feel like a genuine effort and it feels like they are actively trying and improving. Um, I've heard just I have heard nothing but lovely things about the idea at Xbox team. Um, even on the Vicarious side, I'm, I'm one of my clients currently is very close to the idea at Xbox folks. Um, and I've yeah, heard nothing but like wonderful fucking things about them. Um, so it's a shame that like we don't hear that kind of stuff about Sony, especially because like I, I think all of us. So like that's kind of like our preferred console platform. Console. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. So hopefully, yeah, you know, once, you know, uh, you know, who knows? But hopefully, like, as the, the years go on, we see Shu get some a little more power to uh can I can I say one stuff. thing before we before we move on? I think yeah. the whole like putting that image forward of supporting indies is that I don't think this is they're gonna come out and say this is our goal, but I think they're trying to blur what an indie is. Yeah, because they're showcasing like Stray or showcasing mm-hmm. like Neon White and giving them all this marketing, not all this marketing, you know what I mean? Way more than the typical indie would get. And they're like, we support indies. And then like, I feel like if they continue yeah. to do that over time, what actually is independent in, in like the genuine sense that needs help with marketing, and all that aren't going to get anything. But the, the the indies that get help, I'm glad they get help. But like at that at that moment they're still independent but like they have like that that big brother you know they have that mm-hmm. that little help that helper that's gonna push them over the edge whereas i feel like if something doesn't change soon in the way that that system works like the the lines are gonna get too blurred and then indies aren't really gonna be on the mm-hmm. ecosystem to stay if that makes sense so, genuine it's a, indies it's like yeah. a triple i devolver issue yeah yeah and like, i and like i love those indie, titles Annapurna, not, yeah Annapurna devolver oh. I'm not yep. saying I don't want them to get help. I clearly oh, I want them to get the help they need. It's just I feel like it's a slippery slope with how things are operating now on how people mm-hmm. view indies and like giving attention to the right indies and like showcasing said indies. I don't know. I mean, it goes back to the Game Awards thing also where like the best indie category is packed with Annapurna and Devolver. And again, I fucking adore Annapurna. I adore Devolver. But like, you know, Devolver went public recently or in the past year or so. And like they're, you know, they're billion dollar fucking company at this point (laughs) like it's funny to call them an quote-unquote indie publisher yes they are independent from the big titans from big Mm -hmm. corporations but like and they have like that scrappy indie attitude but like Mm -hmm. they ain't strapped for cash or anything like Mm -hmm. that um and you know like that kind of gets into the the discussion about like how we approach them it's like yes they are a triple i publisher Mm -hmm. But the games they represent do have very tiny teams, sometimes solo developers. So that's kind of where we our amplification comes in mm-hmm. um, and why we choose to still cover those kind of games and give them the spotlight. Mm-hmm. Again, we love those kind of games and we love the games they represent. The, their, their libraries are fantastic. Um, but yeah, it, whole other discussion. Mm-hmm. To uh, transition us out of the topic, uh, he's in chat right now, Nicholas Johnson submitted a little inquiry before he says hey folks hope your week's going well so far it's going (laughs) (laughs) you should have you should have been here for the beginning it was rough Uh, i took all the room out of the air it was wild i did (laughs) pox 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 east (laughs) my questions are related to the mini indie showcase coming up 
What's something you've learned about doing the showcase that you didn't know until you worked on last year's, whether it's behind the scenes work, the marketing, or really just about anything. Something else. What's your favorite part about doing the showcase? Thanks for the great content. And I can't wait to hear what you think. Um, I don't want to get too into this uh, because uh, a part of the mini indie showcase is we do the mini indie showcase post show here on the six point indie cast, which will publish right after the showcase on March 22nd. Um, that's where we start to like really talk about like the, the nitty gritty and the behind the scenes stuff correlating to this year. But I think it's a, a good bow to tie um, on this topic. So uh, what's something you learned about doing the showcase that you didn't know until last year's um, I'm going to twist that question a little bit with, or twist the answer a little bit actively doing it. I mean, Kyle, you could also like attest to this um, when you and I were in my old job at the in the soundstage alone in a big room mm-hmm. with one camera as I was just running fucking cables mm-hmm. frantically <laughs> decorating that room with all the shit from my living room. Yeah, <laughs> um, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> no, <laughs> like absolutely not. Yeah, like we had a, a script, kind of, but like kind of, sort we, of. But uh, did we so, follow it? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because you and I are notorious for like, yeah, we'll just have a Wait. natural conversation. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm not a huge big prepper uh, for things. I kind of like going with the flow. Um, so that's a big change. And like you mentioned it earlier, where like. For this year and the next couple of weeks or so, we're going to have to like write a script yeah. and then share so, it with our, our friends <laughs> at the teams and whatnot. That's so something that's, we learned last year. That's kind <laughs> that, of what I was getting at. Like, yeah, yeah. Like actively doing it. Nothing. We didn't learn shit. It was last <laughs> year. And this is very like PR speaky or whatever. But like last year was very much a DIY experiment. This year is going to be a fucking event. <laughs> and I stand by that. Um while we didn't actively learn anything in the process of doing it, in the process of editing it, like, yeah, we learned a couple harsh lessons of like, like the night before I built the landing page, I was actively changing stuff in the, in uh, Penn station on the way, <laughs> on the way to Boston. Um, but where the, the lessons really came in were the response and the feedback. Like, first off the, the response um still blows me away like i cannot believe how much praise we got from a bunch of the our our the a bunch of the content creators that live reacted to it a bunch of like our industry friends that like who maybe weren't involved but like they heard about the show and like they they were tuning in and they were just like completely blown the fuck away and even from our partners who were like really impressed with like the presentation and stuff which is batshit to think about how much of a fucking mess it was (laughs) (laughs) but i'm glad we faked it um so yeah it, it really came from the feedback from uh from content creators uh from uh some of our pr friends some of our industry friends some of the folks who uh tuned in and talked to us behind the scenes a little bit um you know big lessons were and and big lessons that we are going to carry on uh to this year is um it seems like we nailed the pacing um folks for whatever reason like me and kyle's chemistry uh hopefully (laughs) adding kelsey into the the mix only helps that (laughs) imagine like one of the complaints like we add my wife and you're one of your best friends and it just ruins it (laughs) it's like oh their chemistry is off it's just weird it's what ruined six one indie right there yeah marriage love (laughs) um yeah pacing is a big thing uh we we're 
we're trying our best to uh keep it a tight show timing wise um you know last year it was a, a good half hour show with 18 games um i can tease and confirm that oh. it's going to be a longer show okay um though like our goal at the moment on january 26th as we're pretty much exactly a month from shooting actually um our goal is to keep it hopefully under an hour like that seems to be the sweet spot um because uh, we got a lot of praise about and a lot of compliments about timing mm-hmm. um so yeah babbling a little bit i again i don't want to get too far into it again on, on march 22nd we're gonna have like a big behind the scenes blowout um just talking about some of the uh the submission process and shooting and uh, obviously like some impressions about the games themselves um so yeah it's gonna be a good time and maybe sony and microsoft can learn a lesson from us (laughs) stick it to them (laughs) i mean you put shuhei in a room with developers just talking to each of them about their games five minutes a game for an hour i'm fucking there imagine like you know how variety and like hollywood reporter and stuff like that do actors round table yeah Yeah. imagine that shit oh my god Mm. incredible that's how you fucking do it (laughs) there we go sony yeah come on (laughs) well you know a good way for sony and microsoft to notice us is patreon.com slash 61 indie so kyle hit the button (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> patreon.com slash 61 indie helps keep this pigeon flying becoming a 61 indie patron means you'll be keeping the mics hot each and every week for the 61 indie cast expanding our indie game coverage and funding massive projects such as the mini indie showcase not only will you be supporting a small independently operated company but you get some bang for your buck as well the Coop is a monthly vlog where I'll keep you up to date with everything that's going on with 61 Indie and answer all of your questions, all while playing a super rad game I find on itch.io. Clocked Out is our exclusive IndieCast post show that tends to go a bit off the rails at times. And last but not least, Indie 100, an exclusive podcast where we are ranking the 100 greatest indie games of all time. So if you dig what we're doing, you want a little bit more content, and you want to support our vision moving forward, consider becoming a patron over on patreon.com slash 61indie. And we are back to the 61IndieCast. Oh, <laughs> I died a little bit there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the room. What's happening? The air has been sucked out. <laughs> the, the air has been sucked out of the air. Um, I, see, now I can't. I'm trying to say it wrong, and I can't say it wrong. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> you got the pox. Oh, I got the pox. God damn it. God damn it. The pox pox. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what we've been playing this week. Um, Kyle, I would like to start with you. We Ooh. last week we <laughs> did a little breakdown in history about Toge Productions. And uh yeah. I, I gave my like rapid fire quick impressions about a space for the unbound, but uh-huh. I didn't play it. I, I didn't beat it. I didn't play much of it. Uh Matt and I are still about like an hour and a half in. Mm-hmm. You beat the game. I certainly did. I played the demo. Yeah. <laughs> did a space for the unbound live up to our hopes and dreams? Uh, one thousand percent. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. I. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> you kidding me? Um, something that I never like. It took me a while 
to realize what the opening like screens were for the game because they give you warnings right i just figured like oh it's just like a flash warning fine whatever they actually give you a warning like hey this game's dealing with heavy stuff such as like depression anxiety suicide um you know seek a mental health professional if you need to talk to somebody i for some reason wasn't paying attention to that stuff so when it got to those kind of heavy topics uh it brought me back to the same kind of feelings i had when i played celeste Mm. where like celeste is such a special game for me for realizing that i have you know anxiety and how to deal with it mike happy five years celeste Oh yes, happy five years, man! I can't believe it's been five years. It's fucking um, wild. <laughs> it's it's crazy, um, and this game hits on similar things. So it, it's kind of hard to go into like what this game is, um, but you play as two um, teenagers in Indonesia um, who are you know in love, and it's a little slice of life thing. But the the big overarching thing is the world is ending. it's being destroyed as you were playing and it's a really cool, fun adventure, uh, that you have in this Indonesian town. You know, you're, you're solving puzzles, you're doing QTE battles on an arcade game, um, all while hitting all these very serious topics in a beautiful pixel style game. Music's great. Um, there's a, there's a moment later, uh, I forgot what chapter it was where I just could not put it down. So I was so attached to what they were going through. And I kept asking myself, wait, who's this per- person? And how do they know them? And like unraveling the mystery as you go on is really, really, really fantastic. Um, man, they did the thing. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Um. What really blew me away and, uh, you know, whenever I look this up and it's a number I don't want to see, it gets in my head and then I'm like, uh, do I want to, I really don't have the time to invest this. Um, but obviously like I want to play this game. It's incredible, like already incredible, whatever. I am shocked that this game took you nine hours to beat. Yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, easily their largest game. Mojikin, Mojikin, Mm -hmm. that is, um, like I was expecting, a three hour emotional romp at most. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's crazy to think that like when I looked it up, I think some people were citing 12 hours. Yeah. And that, that was nine hours with me. Like there are a couple of puzzles. I just could not figure out. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a while of running back and forth in between things. Did it feel like, like, did you feel that nine hours? Like, did you, did it feel like it overstayed its welcome? Like, was there padding or did will, it feel like very purposeful? I, I will say the the opening maybe chapter or two, like where you guys stop playing is yeah. where I was like, okay, it's finally picking up a little bit. Sure. The beginning didn't really I wasn't like aching to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it needed to pick up a little bit. But there's there's a certain moment that happens where I'm like, oh snap. And then I'm all in. And it's the movie theater? Yes, okay. the, the movie theater is the, like the point before that. I'm like, OK, it's still very cool. It's beautiful. I love mm-hmm. the characters, but I'm waiting to hear about like, how is the world ending? Where is this impending doom? Where is like what's happening? And then it really kind of kicks off. And like, so Austin, you played the demo, right? Like it ends. It's, it's been a minute, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it ends like where you are essentially drown 
And right, you're like, oh, yeah. what what happens? How do we how's that the beginning of this game? What's happening? Like, I thought this was a love story between two characters. Thank God it's up between this man and this little girl. Uh like it's <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's not it's not it's wild. It goes I, it goes places. Like I said, it's it's been a minute for me playing the demo. What do you do in this game? <laughs> and I know oh, that sounds, fair. I know, Absolutely. I know that sounds dumb, but you vibe. Like, is it just strictly a you narrative? Pet some cats. You do yeah, pet it's cats. You it's pet a, a narrative. We pet a lot of is cats. There, is there combat? Uh, I, I, so I thought I remember there being like something combat esque. <laughs> there is, yeah. So it's like QTE stuff. So it's like yeah. um, there. There is a moment where you go into an arcade, and your favorite game is a, or a fighting game. And that's how they introduce you to those mechanics. Cool. And then you take the that arcade little mini game into the main game sometimes when you there is confrontation and then it pops up and you have to input the Fair commands. Enough. And it's like it's pretty much like a um like a DDR press or like fighting special moves kind of combos mm-hmm. that you have to do in a certain amount of time. Um but most of the time you're running around, you're picking up items to Talking unlock talking to people uh unlock new areas get to new places um the, the whole space yeah go ahead you're saying like you're you're doing a lot of walking around and going from yeah. point a to point b i remember the environments for being simple being very like like colorful and lived in like i remember like they felt genuinely like art- this sounds dumb but like so artistic like the, mm-hmm. the, amount, the amount of detail that they put into each like environment i was like wow i like i, Dude, I enjoy like, what what i'm looking at right now this the is yeah. back the backdrops in that game are mm-hmm. fucking remarkable like it is insane the amount of uh detail and amount of like vibrancy that is just in the backdrops alone um mm-hmm. it really like especially like filling up the world with like characters that you can actually like have like a tiny conversation with. And like, there's, there's animals walking around and like, there's like debris on the ground and like trash and like graffiti mm-hmm. on the walls and like uh really like detailed buildings and like, uh, like food vendors. Yeah. And the- for, for a, a pixel art game, like a very hyper stylized pixel art game, it's wild how authentic the world feels and like really how lived in the world feels. Yeah. In the most like non cringy way I can say this, like it creates its own atmosphere without pushing it onto you. Like it's so atmospheric in a way where you're, you're literally just taking it all in with your eyes and that's it. Like if if it was silent, which would be kind of a cool aspect, kind of a cool concept. I think it would (laughs) still give the same like emotion just Mm -hmm. by like Mm. how colorful and how many, how much detail they put in the, into those. Like, it really translate how like obviously I've never been to Indonesia, but mm-hmm. from what I've seen <laughs> through TV and like the internet, mm-hmm. um, it really excels at translating the beauty of not only the city itself, but the culture. Yeah. Um, like it, it does. I, I think a big part of that is the color palette and just like the animation work. The animation work is incredible. Yeah, it it oh does a God. really cool thing. Like where it is on a 2d plane, Right, and you're walking on the street. There are characters in front of you, like on bikes, yeah, going back and forth. So it feels like it's an actual busy street, mm-hmm. and people are going about their business, every day to day life. My favorite thing in this, I mean, slight spoiler, but like it's in the prologue. It's in like the opening ten minutes of the game. Um, so the game follows. Uh, I forgot the 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 boy's name. Atma. Atma. Atma, thank you. I, I was going to say hockey. I was like, it's not hockey. It's not, I know. <laughs> uh, if I was Atma and Rhea, Rhea is uh, Atma's gr- girlfriend. Um, in the prologue where Rhea isn't like totally 
present yet. Like she, like we haven't been introduced to Rhea yet. She's in the backdrop, like looking out into the horizon. Mm-hmm. But then, like when you pass by her, she will like in the background, like just turn yeah. around and look at you. And when you catch those moments, like it just feels so special. It's like, oh no, this this girl like down the street a little bit, she noticed a boy walking past her. Like it, that's not an NPC. That that's an actual character. Mm-hmm. And like the game, like so far from what I played, the game is full of moments like that. And it's so mind blowing. I love the cigarette thing. <laughs> uh, the cigarette thing is really good. Yeah. Oh, fuck hey. that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to you guys play more of the story because yeah. I just want to like unload everything. No, I know. It, we'll do a spoiler uh, cast at some point. Maybe we'll, yeah. we'll get somebody from Toja or Mojikin to pop oh, up. Oh, that'd be, that'd be great. Toja, if you're listening. What my one critique sure. as as a trophy hunter here. <laughs> there's no chapter select. And I have two missing trophies. And one of them is like pet the fluffiest thing in the world. And throughout the oh. game, like you're petting cats, you're petting other animals and whatnot. Apparently I missed one and I don't know how that's possible. How dare I, you? I combed how dare you. I know, Austin. I beat myself up at night before I go to sleep. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> I, I was like, where is this fluffiest thing? And I just I don't know where it is. And I'm it's very, the main very character's bummed. soul. How dare you? How dare you? <sighs> you know what? There's no button prompt for that. Maybe I have to be in a certain area in the, in the town. <laughs> but that's my um, one critique. It, otherwise, it's you know, it's perfect game. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to dig back in. I, mm-hmm. I got to uh it, it's only it's what well, we're three weeks into the year and like the backlog is already like starting to creep in. Like yeah. Yeah, I, I got to get this out of the way. Not out of the way, but I I, I got to get into this. Um, there, there's a few other things that we're playing that I really need to, like, keep on top of. But then, like, GoldenEye just came out tonight. So, like, uh, nah, like you can sleep on GoldenEye. I'm curious about it. Um, <laughs> I, curious about this decades-old game? <laughs> oh, yeah, apparently, they updated it a little bit. That's what I'm oh, curious about. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, on, on, the, on, on, Xbox. on Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which is fucking hilarious. Anyways, um... Another big embargo dropped today uh, for season, a letter to the future from Sabotage, no, not Sabotage, Scavengers, Scavengers, Scavengers Studio. Um, Harry reviewed it for us. He cannot be on the show tonight um, to really share his details. His written review is up on sixwillindie.com right now. Uh, I do want to read his little closing blurb. I do want to start with something very important, though, um, and I I actually drafted this on it's this is noted on the top of the review when you go to read our uh, season review. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Reports of abuse allegations at the hand of Scavenger Studios creative director came to light in January 2021, shortly after he was reinstated after an investigation cleared all allegations. We that in six one indie are unclear whether or not. The investigation stands true, but where there is smoke, there tends to be fire. We will always stand with the victims of abuse. After some internal discussions, we decided to publish our coverage for the many individuals who poured their everything into the the development of season over the years. End abuse, promote health and safety of developers who bring such titles as as season to life. I just wanted to put that out there. Um, Who the fuck knows what the studio environment is nowadays like I, I i know the investigation cleared things but again like believe in victims so i just want to put that out there um but yeah i, I 
I was struggling with wanting to post this and talk about season or not. Um, but I don't want to let one scumbag ruin the incredible work of so many talented people. Um, so that's the context there. Um, but for the game itself, Harry wrote in his little wrap up season, a letter to the future is an amazing game that will immediately hook you. Whether it's the stunning visuals, subtle score, or compelling characters, there's more than enough fantastic characteristics to propel you through this 6-10 to hour adventure. So get on that bike, start exploring, and create your own journal for the next season. Well written, Harry. It's a very good review. Uh, So please go to 61indie.com and check that out and give Harry a good old wink and a thumbs up. Good old wink. Thumbs up. Old is there such thing as like a bad wink? Like a yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so go. give him give him the good one. Give him the good wink. Uh another embargo lifted this morning. Austin. We're filled with hi. embargoes. We're embargo city, baby. It's review season. <laughs> Austin, tell me about Atone. And please remind me what the full title is. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I have I have the trailer. Okay. Heart yeah. of the Elder Tree. Thank, Thank you. you. A tone. I was, I was Heart of the Elder say, Tree. A tone and something about a tree, which <laughs> <laughs> is terrible on my part. Okay. Um, also, I am so curious about this game, and I really uh, I'm I want you to convince me to play it. Oof, that's a lot of pressure. There's a lot to like about a tone. Um, I think that. There's the only issue that I have with the game, like I don't want to say as a whole, because I will have my written review coming soon, but it's listed as like having like really complex and unique puzzles. And I think sometimes the, they try to make those puzzles too much of like a, mm. a mind bending thing. And it's cause like, and this is just me trying to express how uh, some of these puzzles were presented to me. Sometimes it literally feels like you're given like a one sentence summary of what you're supposed to do. The hint is just another sentence that you don't understand. And the puzzle itself is like a bunch of gibberish on like six blocks and then the hint is more gibberish on more blocks. And you're like, mm. uh-huh. And I, I, you just, I don't know how to, how to get past those specific puzzles. I will say that some, a lot of the puzzles are great. And you're like, oh my God, I understand it finally. Like after like a few minutes and rather than like, I, you're just staring at it and you're like, I don't know what I'm even supposed to attempt at this. There are sure. riddles instead of puzzles sometimes where it's just like the, they did. I'll, I'll spoil one riddle in, in a way. The, there's a riddle I've heard before where it's like how many warriors made it to the end of this battle, but like they didn't count like the dead warriors along the way. Like that, that's, that's a thing mm. that, that spoilers, the first riddle that I ran into is something to do about dead warriors. Okay. So count the dead ones as well. Um, some of the riddles are fun. Uh, it's hand drawn. And I was trying to find a comparison to like, cause I really dig the art style. It's kind of like Samurai Jack. If Samurai Jack was okay. a little more leaning heavily anime, if that makes sense. Cause I don't, Cause it, okay. it, yeah. in a tone, I don't want to say it, it gives itself as an anime, but there are like, there are cutscenes with VO with the VO. The VO is fine. The VO it's serviceable, but there are cutscenes with the music in the background. And I'm like, this is anime as fuck. And I love it. Cause there are certain <laughs> points. Cause I started this game. And I'm like, eh, like I'm not feeling this. And then a moment happened. And I'm, I'm, I was literally going no about a certain <laughs> character doing a certain thing. Like I audibly screamed. And then at the end I clapped. <laughs> I don't do that. Guys. Nice. I clapped at the ending. And it, here's the thing. I don't even think the ending itself was like anything spectacular. It wrapped it up fine. It was a nice little bow, but it was just the music and the ambiance and the emotion I was feeling in the end. I was like, you did it. 
you did it. Whoever the musician was, you nailed it. <laughs> um, so uh, my gripe, I guess, besides the puzzles, I know I said I won't grab. My other gripe is that there's too few fights because the, the, the fights you go into are these rhythm things when there's like you're, there's, you can have two bars on normal or four bars for the hard. I only did the two because I suck at rhythm games. I didn't even try the hard because I was like, I just won't get, pi- won't get by this game. I think I would have got by the four bars. And here's why. Tell me. Even when you mess up, you every time you mess not I don't say every time, but like as you attempt the, these fights, which is doing the, the items falling down, you have to hit those buttons. Mm-hmm. It hurts you. It takes away from your health if you mess up. I had three hearts at the very beginning, and there was one time where I literally, I swear to God, I did a single note. I did not do a single note right, and it took away like half a heart. And I'm like, hmm. Like they really want you to just attempt this Mm -hmm. and get close and win this fight. So I think if rhythm games aren't your thing, still play this for the presentation alone. So the fights I wanted them to be cool. They don't, they're not going to carry your, your time in this game. So it, it, it's fine. You'll, you'll be okay. You'll get by. It's, it's fine. It will be okay. But if you are going in this game, wanting like a cool rhythm mechanic and like a lot of fights, I think the entirety of this game has like seven to eight fights. And I was like, I just wanted more of those. Cause I, even it, since I'm bad at these aspects of these games, I needed more to practice mm-hmm. and there is an arena mode, but I think you have to get by a certain point of the game to even attempt the arena mode. So I don't think there's enough fights. So, in the game itself as a whole for you to even like practice enough to get good at it if you're not great at it so i think there de- there should be more fights i just wanted more fights because there's a really cool aspect of it but i just suck at it and some of the puzzles are just kind of meh uh another big thing is the setting this is set in norse mythology right correct yes cool mm-hmm. uh how is the portrayal of like i have like compared to like i mean the obviously comparable comparable comparison uh it's Pox. different like, thank god of war being god right. of war <laughs> yeah. um yeah how was it like especially i'm assuming you played ragnarok right i'm assuming yeah. Yeah. so like after like coming off ragnarok like going into this how how was it, it? feels it still feels different and fresh i I, I i didn't think like like because there are a lot of characters like freya is in this odin is in this yeah, like the, those characters there like of course um and there's like a portrayal of like a loki type character um but yeah, it, it didn't feel like oh they're just ripping off God of War. Oh, I I knew because I I know Norse mythology. Like they, it felt fresh. It felt like every character was unique. Um, yeah, uh, they nice. implement really. I think they use Norse Norse mythology well in this game, and I think they it's to the betterment of the game as a whole too because they put choices in the game, which I didn't know that would be an we would be an aspect of the game because at the end when I beat it, it showed like my chart. Like you know when you oh, when you okay. do like cool. uh, Intel Dawn, I think I had it or. <laughs> One of those style games from from yeah. that. I don't remember that dev. What what is that dev? I don't. I can't. Super remember. Super massive. Super massive. Thank you. Where it shows you like you did this, and here's all the all the other ways you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. They have that kind of at the end, so you can you. That's I cool. don't know if you can like choose by chapter to change because I I just beat the game today and I didn't really look into it, but it does show you your your branches and how you can get like a different ending. I would I would assume. And I killed a character that I th- no that was my Ooh, moment like. And this is a character where when they were introduced, I was like, eh, you're kind of annoying. And then when the dope moment of the said thing happening, I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, I was so <laughs> angry. So like they won me over with the character. They won me over the presentation. They won nice. me over with like utilizing those characters and the choice. So like, yeah, I think everything they try to put into the game is successful. Just some of them aren't like a 10 out of 10 aspect, if that makes sense. Sure. Fair. Yeah, I mean, it sounds compelling. It sounds like they really nailed the atmosphere and like some lore. 
I think it's worth your time just for like yeah. the the lore they're weaving and like the choice in there and the characters introduced. Because at first, I at first I think you will be like, this is like I've seen this before. Like a, I, these characters sure. aren't like that compelling. And then you get into it and you see the, the 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 backdrop and the song start, and you're like, okay, all right, I can <laughs> I can get behind this character. I can I can write it out. I can fight to the death with this guy uh, or this gal. Um, and yeah, so I think are you'll the, enjoy it. It's worth your time. Are the puzzles like? Um I don't know if you played The Witness or Evolved. I didn't. Okay. The puzzles are very like you click on a thing and it takes you to a separate screen. Oh, like the puzzles themselves aren't like interacting with the environment. They kind of like portray it that way because you walk up to like a statue and then you like do a thing with the statue uh, and then it opens something else up. But Bioshocky kind of like. I wouldn't even say that far, honestly. Like it really is like you click on a thing, a a new screen pops up, you move stuff around, you did it. And then it goes back to the world and something has moved. A door is opened kind of a thing. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. And I, I don't think like the puzzle, like if you're not into puzzles, I don't think that'll be a problem, but there are some puzzles here where you're like, how was I supposed to (laughs) like, sorry, I'm not a genius. I have low IQ. I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. I, I like to see, uh, you know, especially recently, a lot of like, uh, granted, like you just you said that like, there's not a lot of fights and like it doesn't really take advantage of this aspect more of that. too much. It, it, it was just cool. Yeah, um, just cool to see rhythm games come back. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, have, like which a is cool resurgence, which is weird because like I don't usually do rhythm games because I just suck at it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm kind of digging a tone. I'm kind of digging this. And then Hi-Fi Rush, I'm like, I'm kind of digging Hi-Fi Rush. Like this is crazy. Yeah. So. We're going to talk about Hi-Fi Rush during the post show. Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) I won't be in the post show. Okay. Uh, You're off for seven days. (laughs) We'll see if I can make it there. (laughs) We'll see. Um, The final game I would like to bring up, gentlemen. It's a game we've been anticipating for years. Maybe even decades if we're, we're seeking into our mind's eye. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know what I'm saying. So I hope you, I hope you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying, Kyle? <laughs> What's he you know saying? What I'm What's saying? Mike, what Mike is saying? I'm not going to make it to the post show, Austin. So don't, don't <laughs> <laughs> three pens. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about a game that we, we learned about the date about three weeks ago and then nobody remembered or nobody paid attention to it. And then all of a sudden a one Wario 64 tweeted out. Devolver Tumble Time is available now. <laughs> Devolver Tumble Time, I'm happy to report, is a banger. <laughs> um, Devolver like, Tumble Time. Yeah, please explain this game because I have the trailer well, well, up let for me, everybody. If I, I may don't a, what's going on. <laughs> if I may make a statement. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been on record stating the Wii U was better than the Vita. Oh, Oh, I, I, I still stand by mm. that statement, by the mm. way. All you, all you oh. fucking Sony fucks. <laughs> you Joseph Jesus. Morans. You Greg Millers. Fuck off. <laughs> Only one console has Star Fox Zero. Um, that's a bad joke. Uh, in 2023, January 26th, 2023, I would like to make the statement that Devolver Tumble Time is 2023's Marvel Snap. <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so, Devolver Tumble Time, it is a fantastically fun take on a match three puzzle game. We've played match three puzzle games our entire goddamn lives. 
Mm-hmm. They're cool. They're great. You know, we all love a good bejeweled on the Xbox 360. We all like like the good uh, Matt. What's, what what's the hexic? The, the, there you go, hexic. We all love the good hexic. Um, crushing some candy from time to time. <laughs> yeah, no. crushing some candy from time to time. <laughs> um, but you know, those, those kind of formats they they get a little stale. So think of a washing machine. <laughs> all right okay yeah uh uh-huh or a dryer let's say maybe a dryer is more appropriate for this analogy (laughs) um think of a dryer and and you you just need to dry all the devolver characters in the dryer so you're throwing all these devolver heads in the dryer (laughs) these severed devolver heads in a dryer they're very vibrant looking they're very cartoony and cutesy all these heads are in the fucking dryer. I feel like that's very important if we're putting heads in a dryer. So thank you for yeah, that. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> the goal of the game when you have a bunch of heads jumbled up. Uh, I'll, I'll get a little more serious now. <laughs> when you get all the heads jumbled up. Um, uh, like I said, it's taking a bunch. It, it, it is a Devolver branded game. So like the game features uh, the messenger. It features Richard from Hot Miami. It features uh, Piku. features Ninu, uh, Piku Niku. Um, the Dowell character. Like so on and so forth. Um is the, they is have, the thing from Carrion in here? Is it called Carrion? Yes, it is. <laughs> what? It's, what's it its is. head look like? That's crazy. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> um, so, again, picture the dryer because it is like is the game's UI. It is a circular thing uh, tossing a bunch of like, like let's say um, the stage, uh, you need to clear 20 carry-on heads and 15 disc room heads. Uh, so it throws a bunch of things in the in the dryer <laughs> and the goal instead of doing a standard match three like three is the limit but instead of doing a standard match three uh you are tracing around well not even tracing you are trying to find bundled up heads so let's say there's like five carry-on heads together you tap one instance of the carry-on heads and it'll kind of like I'm talking about dryers. I'm about to drop another weird reference. <laughs> it looks like uh, the Last of Us HBO intro, <laughs> where like <laughs> you tap this head, and then like it kind of like funguses out, like a little like a little strand, like traces all the heads, and then you let go, and then all the heads pop, and you you cleared a line. So that's where like kind of the match three puzzleness <laughs> comes in. Like Kyle, you still with me? <laughs> I disassociated because you're explaining this game, and me watching the trailer, and you keep mentioning a dryer. Yeah. So what is, is it, living? Is this like, what, what's going on? Next? No, it's it's the Oliver Tumble Time. It's Tumble Time, baby. Um, are you? Are it, you is, it is similar baby. to Cafe Mix. It is question, similar to okay, Cafe question. Mix. I I see that the you know the the like heads you know match up and then they pop off. Yeah. Are you tracing? Are you just tapping you when there's a group? So when there is or a group, it's just you, everything's you, automatically. So when there is a group, you hold. You like uh-huh. you tap and hold, and it'll like trace the line to all oh, the heads okay. that are connected, all the okay. similar heads that are connected, and then they'll all pop. You let go, they all pop. Got it. So you okay. are trying to make strands. Like it's a minimum of three that could pop at once. And you're it's trying to make game. strands of it's a strand it's a game. Strand game? <laughs> you're trying to make <laughs> strands of uh, as many as you can to like get like higher scores, and you eventually like there's the way they call it is recipes. Like you eventually get like a recipe to like craft. Like craft is very loosely said but craft bombs so like if you attach like 10 heads at once after it pops it drops a bomb you could tap the bomb and it'll like explode to like just clear out the way a little bit okay go back to the dryer thing this is very critical if you can't make (laughs) if you can't make any more moves like if there's isn't anything around 
there is a tumble button. So you press the tumble <laughs> button and and the dryer moves and it spins and it mixes the heads around. So you can have more opportunities <laughs> to clear heads. <sighs> Game's fucking the game fucking rules, dude. Oh, I paid me, the two dollars to have unlimited live, so I could just I me, I played twenty levels of this game between seven and seven thirty tonight. Before and we you want to play recording. more, right? And you want to play more? I absolutely want to play more. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I trust his opinion on this. <laughs> With all this, this um, devious reenactment. No, let me let me get this straight. Sure. There are heads in a dryer. Yep. You poke <laughs> them. Yeah. You let go of them. They pop. <laughs> Correct. And sometimes they drop bombs and gold. Hold on. And sometimes you have to get a recipe <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to make bombs to put in the dryer with the heads in order sure. to do what? Well, the recipes are more just like a guidebook. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. It just like the game will tell you like, hey, it looks like like this is like very early on in the tutorial. It's like, hey, like, by the way, if you do. If you attack, like if you strand this many heads at once, it'll drop this kind of bomb. So it's just like a guidebook, but they call it recipes. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, I th- I think it is canonically a dryer because tumble. There's a thing. There's a word. I swear, tumbling is like related to tumble a dryer. dry. Yeah, tumble yeah. dry. Yeah, I think <laughs> like it I is, think it is a dryer. canonically a dryer. Like I, I, I was like, he's joking. No, and then tumble time, <laughs> no. and then you know, like it's it's a goddamn dryer. I wish. Uh, and like what's really cool is like there's actual like depth and progression as well. So I think I counted okay. earlier. I think there are 35 available characters to play as. Um, not all of them are unlocked right away. Uh, so like the microtransaction aspect of this, it, it is a gotcha game. So like you you can unlock new characters. Um, like you build up coins and then you could turn in those coins to, I swear to God, you spend 2000 coins and you could burrow through the trash to potentially find a Devolver <laughs> character. <laughs> Why are they in well, the he, trash? Here, here's the, the um, <laughs> summary of this game on the app store. Uh, Devolver Tumble Time is the future of physics based puzzle matching gameplay, elegant monetization and strategic brand integration. <laughs> So yeah, like you you do earn gold as you're playing. Like you do not have to put money into this game. So obviously you can buy more gold if you want to. You could also so like the the trash thing, it's like um it gives you so the trash thing gives you a certain rank of characters, and then there's an actual like gotcha machine that you can put in things like like while you're playing, you'll collect like socks and like a couple other like little crafting tools or whatever. Um so like right now the first rank for the more expensive machine which will get me a higher ranking character it costs 200 socks i only have like seven socks right now (laughs) um socks and and currency yeah uh and then we're going back to the depth and progression kind of thing um each character has like a ranking system so like i'm purely focusing on richard from hotline miami right now I have him at A rank. I'm I'm close to the S rank. Every time you rank up, each character has a specific like special move and like different traits. So I think for Richard, he has a certain percentage to start each match with a bomb. Um, and his special move. Uh, so I I, I glossed over this part, but like the specials, um, each character has their own unique special to, that does different things. If uh, you match, like for example, with Richard, if you match a bunch of Richard's heads together, and it'll fill up a meter. And that meter will allow you to 
do the special for Richard, a baseball bat uh, just flies across the screen and wipes out a bunch of heads, which is really cool. It's really useful. It clears out the space and like it gives you a lot of points. Um, so, yeah, each character has a, I think it's a D through S rank that you could like actively use and like just rank up those characters. So like it's wild that like I, I'm like purely focusing on Richard right now, get him at S rank. And then like I unlocked Gree or Grizz, Gris. Um, and I unlocked uh, the ape out ape. So I'm going to like, oh, cool. I'm going to do the Gris character next and then I'm going to move on to ape out. And then like, I naturally just unlocked ape out. Like I didn't have to go into a gotcha machine or whatever. Um, Gris, I, I like, they give you 2000 coins to start out the game. So it costs 2000 coins to go into the trash, which the trash mm-hmm. will give you a C, uh, a C to a rank at random. Um, and then the, the more expensive currency will give you an A to S rank. Uh, that's why it's going to take a little more time to get those. There, those, those machines. I, I just yes. want to add in, there's a, um, an interview that went live today in MobileGamer.biz with the creator of tumble time, Fulmer Kelly. And there's just a couple things where they, the games like poking fun at the monetization thing, mm-hmm. the mobile games, or whatever the gotcha stuff. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned you paid what a couple of bucks for unlimited lives. I have a story about that as well, but we'll, the, we'll get that. here it says uh, the the creator says you can purchase 999 years of free lives for a few dollars, and there's a literal pay to win thing that pops up during challenges that yes. go hey do you just want to beat the boss for a dollar, and there's also like a hundred dollar option that unlocks yes. everything, breaks the game, levels every character, and it breaks the UI and everything, and they put it in there because people are going to be stupid enough to buy that <laughs> no uh, of course and like listen like yeah is it like skeevy as fuck yeah but is it devolver as fuck it's yeah. making fun of it yeah um I'm so yeah one of the things is i think it was like level 15 um the level is uh it was tied to a specific character so it was a level tied to minute um because his special was his special is that like you get add seconds to the timer i i left out the point that like th- this is a time-based thing uh that you're trying seconds. to clear clear the goals um so yeah you can add time or whatever so that was like the specific challenge i didn't have minute unlocked so the uh the the main narrator of the game will say uh i think his name is mr fork uh like fork <laughs> it over um <laughs> he says like hey i i'll you don't have this character yet, but I'll, I'll loan him to you. Like, no worries. I'll, you know, I'll let you borrow him. So you say like, yeah, of course. Cool. Once you beat the level, he's like, well, yeah, you, you got to give me that gold. Um, and then once you go through that dialogue, uh, some other character, like, it's just like a, a white smiley face with a dollar sign on the forehead. Like he's part of a fucking cult. Um, says so like, Hey, that wasn't fair from Mr. Mr. Fork. Do you just want to buy everything for a hundred dollars? <laughs> so you don't have to go through that again. I was like, no, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, though. Ay, ay, um, ay. So, yeah, like little things keep popping up. Um, so, yeah, I did. So the the uh, the hearts system. So like every level takes up a heart every day. You get five hearts. I tossed the game. The, I think it's two ninety nine to just unlock unlimited play. I was like, fuck it, whatever. I, I'm genuinely very much enjoying this game. I'll toss it a couple bucks. Now, I'm very curious if anybody else went through a similar situation. I don't know if this was an accident. I don't know if something screwed up on the back end. I don't know what happened. And let me preface this by saying it's okay. I find it fucking hilarious because it's devolver. 
I confirmed, I double tap my phone, confirmed the $2.99 purchase from the app store. I get an alert from Capital One. Apple charged me $8.65. Oh. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck happens. I didn't get anything else. I didn't get anything bonus. Again, it's fine. Like, I'm enjoying the game. I'll toss the devs a couple bucks. I'll toss the billion dollar corporation devolver a couple bucks. Whatever. But, uh,. Yeah, I just found that very fucking oh, funny that like it overcharged me by accident, I guess. I don't know. I'm assuming it was an Apple thing, like something mm. fucked up, but just funny. <laughs> so yeah, Devolver okay. Tumble Time, I cannot recommend it enough. I'm having a blast with it. <laughs> After all that. As soon as that. this podcast ends, I'm, I'm going to play more. Can't wait. So it it is it is free, but you can pay it. Yes. Okay. It's free, but you can pay the $2.99, supposedly. Or $100. <laughs> to unlock unlimited hearts. Um, but progression and stuff is not tied to microtransactions. Yeah, you you could pay you could pay money to get to get your socks and whatnot to, to really feed the gotcha <laughs> machines. But so far it seems like it's natural. Like I I will like through just leveling up everybody and like focusing on ranking up, I'll unlock everybody naturally, probably. Fair enough. It's a good time. So happy tumble time, friends. I put up a let's play on the six windy Twitter for one of the rounds. No, you I, didn't. I screen recorded it. <laughs> no, you did it. Yes, I did. Go to the Twitter. No, you, no. no. <sighs> <laughs> well, when you're not tumbling this week in Indy. <laughs> Monday, January 30th, Power Wash Simulator comes to PS4, PS5, Xbox, and Switch. Uh, you can also clean the Croft Manor now oh yeah on playstation i believe um, um it's already on uh, xbox oh it is cool. okay, okay. I, they didn't specify in releases.com um and truck to yomi is coming to switch on monday hey. uh tuesday the 31st is season alert of the future ps4 ps5 pc uh look for harry's review on the site like mike mentioned earlier mm-hmm. um and thursday february 2nd which is wild that it's already february uh deliver us mars uh coming pretty much everywhere but the switch uh the follow-up to deliver us the moon which i've heard is pretty good and a sleeper kind of a game that's slept on by a lot of people and the pathless also comes to switch on thursday the second hell yeah did we did we mention that a tone officially releases tomorrow uh last week we did we yeah, we mentioned the date because we do it a week. That's right. Ahead. Yep. Fair enough. We're in a yeah. We're in a time warp, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. We we tumbled time. Oh wait. We tumbled um, time. I ju- I must have missed this one. Um, Austin on Thursday the second. Tales the Backbone Preludes. Hey, comes out. I guess this is another Backbone game. Yeah, it's a. I, I remember that being a thing. Okay. That's all I got. That's on PC. <laughs> also, you liked Backbone. I did. I did. I really, I really genuinely did. Uh, it was like a anthropomorphic noir story. Yeah. Anthropomorphic yeah. animals noir story with like corporate mob stuff. And like it was actually had a cool narrative, a really cool art style. Yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. Well, that's been episode 126 of the 61 indiecast thank you so much for listening hey if you like this episode tell your best friend about us say like hey you, you should go on the old spotify's the old apple apple, apple podcast <laughs> what the hell is going on <laughs>
God. End the podcast. End and it. Hey, you oh, just search for tumbling. the 61 IndieCast. <laughs> you should just search for the 61 IndieCast and hit that little subscribe button. While you're there, why not leave a review? It helps the whole Tim Cook algorithm a lot. A lot. There's no way. There's if this is your first indie cast you've seen, you're not coming back. You're not coming back. So I mean, it's fine. Maybe throw us a couple bucks on Patreon or something, but then it's fine. It's okay. Only one dollar, and you could get my nonsense once a month, where I just look at the camera, play some itch, itch.io game, and just rattle about some bullshit. He Don't just looks want at that? the camera. It's just Only it's just Mike doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and be like, it's tumble time. It's tumble time. <laughs> I don't know. Goodbye. I love you. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) I ruined your closing.